Welcome to the RV Navigator podcast, your RV lifestyle digital home. Visit the RV Navigator homepage at rvnavigator.com. And now, here are your hosts, Ken and Martha, podcasting from their mobile RV studio that might be parked in a campground near you. Hello, this is Ken, your RV Navigator. And Martha, the co-pilot. And we're talking to you from a wonderful campsite, Uh, literally on the beach. Well, it's not really a campsite. That's where we're sighted. Well, we are boondocking. On the beach. On the beach. If we were staying in a hotel room, this spot would cost us $300 a night. But we're here for... Well, it could be free. But we're paying $12. We're paying $12. To camp on the beach, and we are literally uh, 50 or 75 feet from the water's edge. If you can hear the waves in the background, we're sorry, but... We're not sorry. No. <laughs> we're glad they're here. I would like to say we paid big bucks for this, but we didn't. It's so. a big buck view for bargain prices. Unfortunately, the weather's not perfect, but we are making the best of it. We decided to spend a couple days here on the Gulf Coast of uh, Texas at Port Aransas. It is really one of the few places in the United States that you can actually camp on the beach. And we are here with uh, four or five other RVers, I would say. Four or five. Can you believe that? That's such a nice spot, and there was there are so few people here. But there's like but 40 miles of beach. That's the issue, is, is that there's like 40 miles of beach. So there are probably that, a lot of people camped here, but we can't even see them. And it's that really hard-packed sand so that you really can drive out on the beach, ride your bike or drive your car, uh, two-wheel drive even, and, of course, your motorhome. If you're not real sure where we are, if you look at a map of Texas, this area is called the Coastal Bend, and you can see where (laughs) the coast of Texas bends from a north-south axis to an east-west axis. That's right by Corpus Christi. And that's where we are. We're on a little barrier island just outside of Corpus Christi. The beach, because you can drive on it for miles and miles, has periodic um, number posts. I'm thinking that you might want to meet someone on the beach and you could tell them where you are. Or if you were having an emergency and you would call uh, 911, you could tell them what number post you were by. But otherwise, it's just miles and miles of undeveloped beach. Kind of a precious commodity in this day and age. And if you go to Florida, as we have been making the comparisons between Texas and Florida earlier this uh, in some of the earlier episodes, you know that we found Florida to be very expensive, and we found the beach parking in Florida be, to be very expensive. You and can sometimes park your car, frustrating to never even get a place. S- yeah, I don't think there's a place that you can actually camp on the beach. Of course, as spring break comes up, uh, which is going to happen here in March, uh, this place will be really hopping. Because unlike far, where we were for most of the deepest winter month... Which is in the Rio Grande Valley. Which is in the Rio Grande Valley, about 200 miles from here. Unlike that area, which shuts down in the summer, this area is uh, year-round. Because they get winter Texans in the winter and... Young families in the summer. Yes. Anybody who's escaping the heat from inland Texas. So at this place, there are lots of beachy stores that sell ticky-tacky stuff for the beach. And, and lots of good seafood are, restaurants. And, and shark statues and just crazy stores. And Seashells. this is 3,500 people in town, and for spring break, they're expecting 100,000. And, be, and, and besides those geezers, be uh, this area is full of birders. Oh, um, yes. This weekend, the Hooping <laughs> Crane Festival takes place just north of here. And, of course, uh, fishing is another big hobby. Uh, a thing people like to do here, I would think, year-round. Out of boredom, we went to a birding lecture yesterday. 
Yeah, we, we like animals in the wild, um, but birds are not our favorite. Uh, they're too hard to see. Um, most of them look about the same, although hooping <laughs> cranes are five feet tall, which does make them uh, somewhat spectacular. And, you know, it's not Disneyland. They aren't always where you expect them to be. When you take photographs of these little specks and you look at them later, you think, why? Uh, so we apologize ahead of time to all of those Birders of you who there. love to bird. I but mean, this we, area is big time birding. We, we took a, um, a boat cruise from Rockport, just north of here, to the Aransas Wildlife <laughs> Refuge to see the cranes because that's a place where they bring their babies from Alberta, Canada, and they winter here right along with us. The boat captain knew exactly where they'd be hanging out, and we did indeed see some, but it wasn't all that exciting. And, dear listener, we want to welcome you to episode 80. Really? We've done more episodes than I am old. Can we have a party <laughs> when we get to 100? If you make it to 100. <laughs> well, <laughs> a revival do you know party. something I don't know? No. But we uh, appreciate your listening and sending in comments and all those sorts of good things. And, of course, as we go through the podcast here, we'll probably make some reference to websites and places you should visit. And if you miss it off the podcast, then feel free to go to our podcast webpage at rvnavigator.com and click on the appropriate numbered podcast, this being number 80 for March 2012. Oh, it's moving right along here. So we've been here in Texas. Uh, no, we've been here in the Port Aransas area for about two weeks, or we will be by the time we leave. We've been enjoying the the really nice beach area, and, and they have it in spades here. Clean, as she says, warm water. Yeah, I couldn't go waiting in it now. Well, they and said in, in the, the summertime summer it gets it's up 80. to 80. Too well, warm. Uh, good fishing, good birding. Nice campgrounds, uh, reasonably priced, I would say. And they also have a wonderful sand sculpture festival a little later on in the spring that we've been to once before that yes. we would also recommend. And if you'd rather not boondock, you don't have to camp on the beach, although we are quite comfortable because uh, with solar it keeps the batteries charged, and with the generator we can watch the TV and all that sort of good stuff. So our lifestyle hasn't changed very much, and as you know, we like to have things the way they are at home even when we're at the beach because we're spoiled because we're spoiled so the freezer is full and the cooking goes on and all that sort of good stuff so we don't camp out you see people out here in tents whoa it's well, windy and you were young once and you were in a yeah, tent yeah we did the tent thing okay so if you want to come out here in a tent you're welcome to do that also and uh, they do have a bathhouse and there are nice campgrounds here that are over the sand dune but you can't at those campgrounds you can't actually camp on the beach, per se. You're very close, but not uh, actually on it. And they charge you lots more money, but they also have hookups. But the, this area is very nice uh, for those people who want to enjoy the beach. So we've gotten some interesting emails this month. And as you know, we are actively planning our trip to Alaska, and that has, seems to have uh, brought forward many readers with uh, interesting comments, and we do appreciate all of them. I do try to answer all of your emails so that if you haven't gotten an answer from me, then something has happened to your email, and uh, it either got lost in the spam box or it's out it didn't in the get sent, or it's out in the ether someplace. But... Uh, just a few we wanted to comment about. Uh, we did appreciate Steve's uh, voicemail. He sent us uh, an attachment. We don't any very longer, high tech. Very high tech. Yes, we don't have. Uh, and he did a, uh, Alaska by motorcycle. 
Mm-hmm. I don't and are think we I've... taking the Caspian Highway? Cassiar. 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 Um, I think we mentioned this before, but if not, I want to say that we have been to Alaska ourselves in 1985, and at that time we drove no, no, to... No, no, 88. 88. We drove to Prince Rupert and got on a ferry and went up the Inland Passage and got off in Haines or Skagway, I don't remember. And we did not drive the Cassiar Highway, but we right. know that it's a must-do, and he seemed uncertain about whether motorhomes can do it, and we've been studying up the blogs, and people certainly have. So it is definitely on our list of something that we will have to do this time. Uh, considering the fact that we went to Alaska so many years ago, um, it surprises me how vivid my memories are of the place names and the things we did there. And I'm very much looking forward to seeing it again. That's why we're going. Uh, I would say, though, that of all the places we went, um, I found the Denali experience the most um, frustrating, frustrating yes. because they are working so hard to keep the place pristine and keeping people from ruining things. It keeps people from appreciating things, in my opinion. Uh-huh. Um, we did camp in the park and drove as far in as you were allowed to go at that time yes, and took the, the school bus to the end of the road. And yes, indeed, the bus does stop when he sees something, but within two or three miles of uh, the beginning of the trip the bus windows were all covered with <laughs> dust <laughs> dust on the outside and steam on the inside um, school on. buses are not particularly comfortable to ride in and we found it a frustrating photography experience and you were encouraged to get off and walk around and wait for the next bus on the one hand but on the other hand they were always talking about all the grizzly bears and you could see some in the distance and I kind of wondered to myself what would I do while I was waiting for the next school bus if the grizzly bear came my direction. So I still feel somewhat mm, about how, how best to do Denali. Yes. And we have seen the mountain from afar, but we sure would like to see it from a lot closer up. And, and so I nice imagine we'll hang around there for quite a while until we actually do get to see the exactly. mountain. And we'll we, figure out how to do it. We got a very nice email from Gary and Helen giving us uh, the details about uh, traveling through Denali and, and encouraging us to spend the night or spend some time in the actual parks campgrounds. So I don't know if we want to do that because you're kind of locked in there, but we'll, we'll we decide. We did do that last time. Yes, I know, yeah. but you're kind of locked in the park then, I think. Yeah. And we don't want to make reservations, so we're going to see what happens. That may be a bad idea. So tell us if you've gotten ideas from or if you've been able to camp without reservations because we don't want to have a schedule. Another email from Eric. Great to hear the two of you are planning a trip to Alaska this summer. Alaska will be our first major trip when we retire in about two years. I've got a suggestion slash request. While you're traveling there this summer, would it be possible to have weekly or bi-monthly podcasts? A month is a long time to wait, wait between podcasts to hear about your travels. And my reaction to that is, <laughs> get serious, Eric. I was thinking I might just put the RV Navigator on hiatus while we're in Alaska. <laughs> yeah, but that's what the, what the listeners want to hear, all the exciting details about your travel. Now, we'll, we'll be lucky to be having enough internet to, to put the podcast up at all. But we don't need internet. We're here at the beach. We're camped in the middle of nowhere. But we're in the satellite's footprint here. Uh-huh. People tell us that a lot of the campgrounds in Alaska have internet, so I'm not really worried about it But that's not the reason why you, you, you wouldn't do No, I'm going to be too podcasts. busy doing stuff. Other people do weekly podcasts? I don't see it. You don't see it. Maybe I'll get inspired. Well, we'll I, try to do bi-monthly. And I'm already writing blog posts that's almost right. daily, and that's enough self-expression for me. <laughs> So I have to do them by myself. So you'll get 
So you get the two of us, uh, the navigator and the co-pilot, when uh, on the monthly podcast, and then you get just me. <laughs> I think I think listenership will drop off dramatically. <laughs> Oh, by the way, I did want to mention that uh, we are at the beach, and I know I mentioned that, but uh, if you hear the waves in the background, we can't turn them off because we are, um, that's the way it goes. And we thought about recording this outside of our rig, but But we thought it would be really loud. And when the waves aren't loud, the seagulls are really loud, so hopefully you can catch some of the ambience. If you hear noises in the background, please uh, understand that we are in the wild. We're providing the nature. This is camping. So this is the way it should be. When we leave this area, we're going to be heading toward New Orleans. Yes, and uh, we have a campsite selected that will also store our rig for yes. a week because we're going to break up this camping trip with a cruise. Yes. And it is possible to uh, actually find campgrounds that will store your rig for uh, presumably as much time as you need well, for quite a reasonable price, I think. We pay $80 a month at home <laughs> to have it stored. Ouch. And so Yeah, ouch. And so so paying $10 a day at a campground to store your rig, to me, is, is fairly reasonable. And actually, we found two campgrounds, uh, one in New Orleans and another in Homer, Alaska, because we're planning our Alaska trip, and we're going to be out of the RV for a whole week. Dear and listener, you probably won't know about it because... Sh- I'm not going to tell you about it because I'm going to be busy. <laughs> I'm going to be busy looking at bears. <laughs> We also so we're did telling this. you. So we're telling you this now because <laughs> <laughs> we won't have time to tell you later. We also did this in Vancouver when we went yes, to true, Alaska. Yes. And one thing I'm really excited about is going on a cruise without having to take a flight first. Oh yes. So we can pack as much stuff as we want, and not worry about how much it weighs. And if we see something we want to buy, we can buy it and bring it back. But we are a bit worried about whether or not the fridge will be going when we get back. Yeah, we might have some food to throw away, but oh well. <laughs> we are going to leave the fridge running um if you've had some experience with that let us know because that would be uh, uh it'll be positive or negative either that it will come home and we'll have water all over the floor it'll and, smell really bad and it'll smell really bad so that'll be exciting but that's not the fault of the campground certainly although we could probably charge to uh, all the campgrounds down here charge for electricity yeah. extra we paid it's kind of like paying I, just for left luggage a, on a, a campground after a week last week, and they charged us for electricity. It was fifteen bucks extra just for the electricity. Usually, if you camp for a month, as we do in Far, uh, that they charge you for electricity extra than the campsite, but not usually for a week. That's a but trend. around this area, they seem to charge uh, electricity regardless. That's a trend I don't like. Yes. A trend we don't like. Storing your motorhome is definitely a possibility. Um, and, of course, we're also looking at fuel prices. You know, we've heard this before. The fuel was going to go to $5 a gallon and blah, 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 as the summer season comes up. I don't know how serious this is, or is it just fear factor? And I can re- distinctly remember this time last year oh, yeah? when we first started thinking about going to Alaska uh-huh. and me saying to you, Oh, I don't know, because they're talking about the price of fuel going so high, and it's going to be so expensive, it may not be worth it. And then it never really went up all that much. So there's a lot of what-ifing and speculation. And And part of the problem is that we're in Texas where the gas prices are fairly low. (laughs) So that if we were at home, we might be more shocked. But around here, we're paying... Three forty for a gallon of gas and uh, three seventy five for a gallon of diesel and 
that's pretty much what we're used to paying. If it goes up to more than $5 a gallon, I don't know, for, for diesel, we may have to rethink things. I don't know. I don't know what the, the cutoff point is. I don't know what other RVers are going to be doing. But this might be a great year to go to Alaska because... Nobody else will afford themselves. When we know that there will be places in Alaska where we will be charged big time. Well, and people have different price point cutoffs depending on their income. Oh, oh, that's exactly what I'm saying. People have told us that in the Valley that the campgrounds were much more crowded before the gas price increase of a few years ago and that that has kept some people home. Absolutely, and, and we read since we read some articles. Yes, and people losing yes, their four hundred one k's and all that stuff. I mean that that's that's hurt people. And one of the ways that you can save money is with the Flying J fueling program. Uh, we've had the Flying J card for years, but when Flying J was taken over by pilots, and as I recall, on our way to Florida, we had kind of a bad experience yeah. because they were just they just taken over. Pilot had just taken over Flying J, and they were just transitioning to understanding but, the needs of RVers, and we stopped into one of the pilot flying jays and were disappointed in the service or the price i can't well, remember yeah. anymore what, what we were not happy about but we weren't we'll have happy. to go back and look at our listen to our podcast but since then they seem to have gotten their act together and they have new uh, frequent fueling cards and you go online and you activate the card and then you are entitled to go to the high speed pumps that the truckers which use. for us when we're putting in 150 gallons <laughs> is a, a definite time saver we can sit at a regular I can pump. make lunch, eat, eat lunch, it. clean up from lunch. We can spend 45 minutes. And we're minutes. still pumping. And we're still pumping gas, <laughs> yes, right. So going to the high-speed truck pumps is good for us. And for those of you who go to the high-speed truck pumps, you know the way that works. They are set up for tax-exempt fuel. The, so that when you pull up there, you have to go into the office... And usually they hold me hostage. I have to stand there with my credit card while Ken is pumping. Um, again, not a convenient experience. Right. So... Now with the frequent fueler card... I just put the card in. And pump away. And I pump away. And, and you get the cash price. I get the cash price minus three cents a gallon on diesel. This sounds like a commercial. It really isn't. No. We've only read about this. Yes. Um, I've registered our card, but we haven't tried it yet. So we might talk about this again next month but, when we've had a chance to fuel up. But right. it sounds like a much better program. And, well, and, and the, they're offering you a decent incentive for getting your for stopping at the flying jet. For being loyal. Because yes. we always used to be. We used to carefully plot our refueling stops by flying jays. I've had some questions about how we do TV. We turn it on and then we watch it. That's the co-pilot's <laughs> point of view. From the navigator's point of view, it's, it's somewhat more difficult than he that. He fiddles around for well, hours. One of our things is that we like to have stuff in the RV the way it is at home. We like to have high-definition we want to have all the channels that we have at home. You want to be able to tape and record stuff so that you can watch it later, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, I say tape, but that... Record. Record. So, as most of you know, we have a dish on the roof, and our dish is from DirecTV. Uh, DirecTV, I bring the same box that I have at home. Uh, I've talked to several RVers recently, and they seem surprised that you can actually bring your DirecTV box with you. Why and are they surprised? Because they didn't think about it. They thought you had to have a separate box. Uh, and because is, is ours... Is it legal? Yeah. Do, does, do they care? No, no. What do they care? Uh-huh. So you don't have to have a separate box activated. And that means and if I, you've got unwatched shows from home, they come with you and you Assuming that you have a diver. Fi finish watching them here. What's so a diver? A diver is a digital video recorder. So we don't even own a videotape machine anymore. I don't think so. And 
CDs are kind of going out of style quickly. But the Diver, would, and if you don't have a Diver, you need to think about getting one because, you know, it records all Who the programs. Who calls it a Diver? It's a DVR. It's, a DVR. it's the technical term in the industry. Oh, okay. Jeez. Anyway. If you have if you have a Diver, then you can just bring it along with you and watch all the programs that you've already recorded, which is very cool because you can it provides continuity. Plus, it remembers and it will continue to record the programs that you have set up uh, for a, a that month, are a series that are a series, right? Of course, the Diver knows nice things like the fact that uh, the date has changed for a particular program and it has a program guide in it. So, one of the good things is, is that when you come to an area, you can download the program guide for the local area, and it will uh, then record those programs also. Because our Diver has OTA, which is over the air. So that one, And of course, most of the programs these days are uh, high definition, so that when you get to an area, you can watch very high quality, high definition programming and record it with the DVR. Now, if you do not have a DVR, or if you don't have DirecTV, that's fine. You can go out and buy a TiVo for about $99 that has a hard drive in it that you can record on, and it will do the same thing with OTA stuff, so that the channels uh, ABC, NBC, and CBS, and whoever else you get, it will record all of those off the air with from the antenna in your TV, in your RV. It's a big ship going by. Ooh, a big ship. Yes. You've lost my attention. Sorry. I, I mean, this is boring. <laughs> Jeez. We enjoy having the Diver along, and, you know, it records uh, any time that we're out. We It, it just records uh, whatever programs we have set for it. And it will make suggestions about programs. And, of course, it does movies so that you can download and record movies uh, at your discretion. Those cost a little bit extra. But we also have Netflix, and we've been having kind of a fun time because... Netflix uh, does streaming these days, so that in addition to sending you CDs, Netflix does streaming. And streaming means that it will send programs or movies directly to your computer, which we then connect to the TV and watch them on the TV. Now, one of the problems with that is, is you need a fairly high-speed connection. Which we often don't have which we often don't have, but at the last campground, we had a pretty good connection, and we were able to, every night, we were able to watch something streaming, which means it's not saved to your computer. So you can't watch it later, you can't download it when you have a good connection, and then watch it when you're you're on the beach. So you're watching it while you're downloading it. Whereas the stuff that I do with the Diver, and I record it off of a high-definition TV uh, from DirecTV, I can watch it any time that I want to, regardless of whether we're connected to the Internet or regardless of whether I'm connected to the satellite. We can watch it any time without any problem, whereas streaming stuff has to be watched as it is being downloaded, so you need a decent connection. Now, this is a problem because if you have a cell card or, like us, the satellite connection, you have a limited amount of data that you can download on a monthly basis, and your movie downloads will quickly overrun that, that, and you will be then charged big bucks for We already extra data. are having data problems downloading the podcasts that we like to listen to when exactly. streaming a film. Exactly. But in this campground where the internet was decent, the movie came down fast. Uh, right. Watching it was smooth. You had no impression that you weren't watching a, right. a first-rate DVD. And so all of Netflix was available to us. Um, anything that they download. Anything that they, no, anything that they stream. That they stream. And if you have an iPad or an iPhone, you can stream to that also, which is also another nice feature. 
So do we, having good media in your RV is actually fairly easy um, as long as you bring along the right stuff and have the right stuff. It, it, it's really not all that expensive to uh, have this stuff along with you. You need probably a decent antenna, which most of the crank-up antennas are okay as long as you add the wingman. Or maybe you'd like to get a new WineGuard product called the Roadstar Antenna. You know that uh, since high definition and the change in channels, that most of the broadcast channels are now on UHF, which requires actually quite a small antenna. You know, the, the big wide antennas that we used to have were for the VHF channels, and the small little antenna, it's like four or five inches wide and but long, uh, is for the UHF channels. And so if you are just looking at getting high definition, you might want to take a look at getting the wingman for the RV antenna, or you might want to take a look at the new antenna from WineGuard, which has a, a 360-degree reception angle, and it is uh, aerodynamic, and it works quite well. I, it looks like it works quite well. It's new from WineGuard, and it's called the RS3000 Roadstar Antenna for your RV. I expect that RV antennas are going to be making some changes as uh, time goes along because of the changes in the broadcast system. Over the air, high definition, direct TV or dish if you want to get that, and also you want to get the distant channels, which means that we get the channels ABC, NBC, and CBS and Fox from both LA and New York. You pay a little bit extra for that, but there are lots of areas where you don't get that over the air so that you want to be able to record it and look at it uh, anytime then you need to have a waiver that says that you're in an RV and that you are uh, want the distant channels. Who do you sign the waiver with? You sign the waiver which allows DirecTV or DISH to actually send the signal to you or allow you to get the signal, which we have done, of course. Of course. Which to us is an advantage because then you can record the things that... Time shift more time easily. Time shift more easily, right, which is what we use it for primarily. But there are times when we don't get the local channels uh, on the major networks. I'm just watching people go in the water, swimming. Back to the podcast. Sorry. <laughs> My mind is wandering. Just take her to the beach and she's gone <laughs> for the day. It is pretty nice out, though. Okay, so back to business now that I am done. Well, the next thing on our agenda is a nice article about the Kentucky State Parks yes. that are offering a 20% discount if you camp in them in the month of April, April 1 through 26. You have to make your rep- your reservation online and use the promo code APR12 for April of 12, I guess. And they'll no, also be 12. having no, not April, of, April 12. of 2012. And they also will be having two nights camping for the price of one during Camper Appreciation Weekend, April 27 and 28. 2012? I guess so. Yes. The article also mentions that there are 31 campgrounds in the Kentucky So go Park camping in system. Kentucky. Big big bargains. <laughs> RV shipments are up and uh, climb in 2012. According to the RV Industry Association, RV wholesale shipments finished the year on a high note with a total of 252,300 units shipped in 2011. This is the highest annual total for RV shipments in four years. A 4.8 increase uh, over 2010. 4.8%? That's what it says. 
You just said 4.8 increase. Oh, 4.8% increase since Toba units ended the year with 227,500 units, also 4.8% over the previous year. Anyway, this is really good news that... uh, that <laughs> RVers are actually buying RVs. Well, just like a lot of the other economic news in our country seems to be improving, so is the RV world. Yes, that's good. As many of you know, it is my job, the tough job. Somebody has to do this. I have to cook dinner on Tuesday nights. And it's a funny thing how often we go out to eat <laughs> on Tuesday nights. Now, did we go out to eat this week on Tuesday? Yes. Oh. Did we go out last week on Tuesday? No. Yeah, sometimes you do cook. <laughs> and, and I have to add. And last month. But just like you try very hard to keep me up to date on all things mechanical, for which I have no interest or aptitude, um, it's my philosophy that you should know how to do a little bit in the kitchen, just in case. And last month, I, I remember I cooked the fabulous Australian potato salad. Yes, you did. That was that was a lot a of brand fun. new recipe. A brand new recipe, and I found a website called Camping Cafe. Now we are headed to New Orleans, and we like New Orleans because we might of go out to eat almost every day while we're there. The cooking is no, so no, no, good. no. Because I'm cooking from this website. I found the the recipe for New Orleans gumbo. Okay, You're specifically designed to be cooked in an RV. So what does Camping that mean? Camping Cafe. Less ingredients, less... That means they have it... Gizmos. It's been dummied down for people like me. <laughs> <laughs> well... So uh, some Tuesday in the near future, gumbo is a soup or stew that's full of spice and rich flavors. It is the perfect warm-up meal for a cold winter's day. With roots in Louisiana and southern Gulf Coast, gumbos are thick, hearty, and zesty. This year, why not learn to make your own gumbo? No matter what part of the country you're in, hungry campers at your campsite will be sure to thank you. Now, will you be thanking me on a cold winter's night in New Orleans? It's not going to be cold. No. Dear listeners, I'll try to remember next month to give you a review (laughs) of Ken's gumbo recipe. Now, did you give the review of the potato salad? It was good. It was good. We had it actually on two Wednesdays, or two Tuesdays. I never make the same thing twice, and we had to eat it two two Tuesdays in a row. Well, that's because I bought too much ingredients. Yes, you did. But But that's part of the learning curve. And I am learning. So campingcafe.com. Our next article is about a place (sighs) that I've always always, wanted to go because it's not that far from our house. It could be on the way home, but it's not quite directly on the way home. And so we always have missed it. And that's Crater of Diamonds State Park in Murfreesboro, And what did they find there? Arkansas. Whoa. A 2.44 carat diamond found at at uh, the state park in the last month appraised at $21,600 in the park it's free that's the deal you go there with a bucket and a pail and you root around in the mud to your heart's content and if you find something you get to keep it we talked to friends who have done it who didn't sound like they had all that much fun because they rooted around in the hot sun for a few hours and didn't Whoa. find anything which is of course the risk you take but 
this would be fun. Yes, indeed. To give this a try. So it's still on the Wiseman list. And then we're going to talk about another website, uh, the RV Lifestyle Experts, which is a website run by two women RVers. And they were, interestingly, interviewed by the CBS Morning Program. And I'm going to put a link up on the website so that you can watch the interview. Uh, but, you know, their website is actually has a lot of good information. This Quite is good, comprehensive. This is a good uh a good information website. They've obviously put a lot of work on it. They have a nice blog. Um, so they have stuff about getting started, uh, choosing your RV, earning money, RVing solo, boondocking, and much more. And you might want to go take a look at it or at least put it into your links section of your browser so that you can uh, take a look at it in more detail later on. And one of the items that they reviewed on their website is a new book about renting an RV, a vacationer's guide. And the idea behind this is um, many people who rent an RV don't really know anything about it and how things work. And so it sounds like it's kind of a step-by-step taking you through all the systems of the RV, all the things you need to think about while you're driving the RV, uh, things that the peop- the rental agent will probably not this get is, around uh, yeah. to telling you. And, of course, we've uh, rented RVs in other countries, but this is RVing in the United States. And, you know, it's just a good idea to try it out before you actually buy so that if you're looking at the idea <laughs> of renting, this is the, the, the book you might want to get. And it just might give you some good ideas about uh, the rental process and uh, how to get the best deal. Should you rent one way or two ways? You know, should you drive it? Is it more expensive? Um, or is it cheaper to fly one way and to take the drop-off charge? We're also going to link to an article um, from Brooksville, Florida, where one of the um, big RV shows takes place, I think, annually. Yes. I know it was there last year as well. Um, The article features a man complaining about the high price of gas. As we discussed earlier, um, everybody has a different point where they start to squeak um, in his case over $3.50 a gallon he felt was kind of killing him in his class A motorhome um, but the article also talks about uh, these rallies and how many people come to them and all the money that they bring to local communities who sponsor them and the conclusion of the article this man who is 78 years old says that even with the higher gas prices the RV life is too addictive to stop he says this is like a cult and you get hooked into this yes. are you hooked i am 5 dollars a gallon no problem he's retired after 22 years as an auditor and he says he's had five motorhomes and a trailer in the past 40 years and his Whoa. final quote is we'll probably do this until we die well, after 80 episodes, you might be dead. Huh? <laughs> Are there any of you out there who have actually listened to all 80 episodes? Oh, I can't oh, imagine. Oh, man, that would be something. Well, we'll kind of end up things here with um, something that uh, is a little bit special. We're going to have a little segment from Bernie and Red. We talked to you about the fact that we have uh, enjoyed the entertainment in the Valley, and certainly this year we had our fair share of good entertainment. The Valley is nice because you can go to entertainment uh, every night of the week for 5 or $6 and hear professional quality entertainment. But one of our favorites is an RVing couple by the name of Bernie and Red. And I think last year we included a couple of their yeah, did. songs on uh, on the podcast. And today we're going to end up with a new one. They actually have a new couple of shows, and this one is about RVing in the Walmart parking lot. And 
we laugh our heads off when we go to their shows and we uh, I actually bought the CDs which is something I don't do very often but I have to have these uh, songs so that I can share them with our listeners and I hope that Bernie and Red don't mind but we are going to uh, end off uh, this podcast with uh, one of their songs and we will probably do this for a couple of months and as we well, or how often we do the podcast. If we start doing it weekly, I'm going to go through these. Not on your life. <laughs> so, dear listener, we appreciate you listening, and hopefully we'll be camped in a beach near you. And, and we look forward to talking future. to you again in a month. And here's Bernie and Red. Bernie was so inspired by these two separate events that he wrote this song. Headed south for the winter, the RV broke down Had to wait seven days for a part So we stayed at our favourite spot close to town A 24-hour Walmart Next morning we headed on into the store I needed a new pair of pants Soft music was playing as we walked through the door So I asked my old lady to dance Waltz across Walmart with you in my arms A fairy tale dream that's come true Our rig parked outside and you in my arms I'll waltz across Walmart with you We shopped as we danced, waved hello to our friends, picked up some supplies on the way. Vitamins, polydent, tums and depends, the things we all use every day. Waltz across Walmart with you in my arms, a fairy tale dream that's come true. Our rig parked outside and you in my arms I'll waltz across Walmart with you Well, we danced through the furniture Past the armoires Turned left, made my first blunder there Surrounded by camisoles Panties and bras I was dancing in gals' underwear Waltz across Walmart With you in my arms A fairy tale dream that's come true Our rig parked outside And you in my arms I'll waltz across Walmart with you Soon our fame spread The paparazzi arrived We were on news at five The Enquirer will print our memoirs We've appeared on Jay Leno and Larry King Live Next week we're on Dancing with Stars Walls across Walmart with you in my arms a fairy tale dream that's come true. Our rig parked outside, and you in my arms. I'll waltz 
across Walmart with you. Waltz across Walmart with you.